Turning your Bibles to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, we're going to be continuing in our message series entitled, I Am, The Great I Am. How many of you guys have enjoyed this? I know I've enjoyed preaching it. It's just really great to focus on Jesus, right? Because during this times and during the cultural shift and the things that are happening, how many of you guys are aware and you guys know that there is a godly shift taking place right now in our country and in our world? It's not, it's not like we can look at it in a negative way. We can say what we want to say. And trust me, there's a lot of things to say about it. But when we really consider and we really think about this, God is moving in a very powerful and profound way. He's taking what's important and making it more important, the things that are less important, less important in our lives. And for those people who are following after Jesus, I'm telling you right now, the passion in your heart is growing for him more and more and more. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I don't know about you, but so I just, I go to bed thinking about Jesus. I wake up thinking about Jesus. I'm, I'm eating lunch thinking about Jesus. I'm, I'm just all the time just going, God, you're so awesome. You're so amazing. Why is that? Because God is calling the hearts of his people back to him, which is called Repentance. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. And guys, I'm telling you right now, that is exactly what is happening right now. God is moving us back to a heartbeat for him, a heartbeat for him. And I can't wait to see what happens in 2022. I'm not done with 2021. Trust me, we're not done with this, but I can't wait and see what happens in 2022. I believe that the church has its greatest days ahead of us, that the believers in the body of Christ have the greatest days ahead of us. Amen? How many of you agree with that? So we're going to talk about the great I am today, and today I want to talk to you about the way, the truth, and the life. It's what Jesus calls himself and defines himself as the way, the truth, and the life. So let's get into it. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Another translation puts many mansions. If that were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and pre prepare a place for you, I'm coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you will also be. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, good old doubting Thomas. How many of you guys would identify with Thomas? Yeah, but. He's the yeah, but guy, right? Yeah, but. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me just pause here and just say this. Jesus is preparing a place for you and for I, for me and you. He's preparing a place for us in heaven as we speak. For those people who have a heart and a passion for Jesus Christ. For those people who, are, who believe in him as the only salvation 
as the only way, the only truth, and the only life. The promise is, is that he's preparing a place for me and for you. And the promise that Jesus said here today is that he's coming back for you and for me. Are we ready to be with Jesus in the place he's preparing for us? Are we ready for that? Because friends here this morning, if you're not ready for that, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day right here, right now, where you can get it right with Jesus Christ. You can submit your life. You can commit your life because just like the power went out in lacrosse last week, how many guys are with me on that one, right? I was sitting there working on this message and all of a sudden, bang, just like that. It just went boop, just like that. Jesus is gonna come back for you and for me. And at that time, there'll be, I'm not here to preach a, a, a fearful message, but this is the reality and this is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that he's preparing a place for those people whose full trust and hope is in him. And that's it. Not about how good you've been, although you better be good, but you won't get Christmas presents, as the song says. <laughs> I'm just teasing with it's not about how good you've been. It's not about all the right things or the wrong things you do. It's about where you place your hope and your faith, and that's Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to be your neighbor in heaven. Hello, neighbor. See, this life that we are living is temporal. The stuff we have will be burned away. And what we should be focusing on is storing up treasures in heaven. In this life right here, we should be focusing on storing up treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21 tells us, Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Let me just say this real quick about that. This verse is not saying to us that we should not work. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we shouldn't save. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't invest well. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do all that stuff. What it means is where your treasure is, there's your heart. Where your treasure is, there's your heart and vice versa. Where your heart is, there is your treasure. What are you clinging on to? Are you clinging on to Jesus or are we clinging on to the stuff? I'm going to attempt to say this the best way that I can, but I believe that there's been a demonic spirit that has been released, if you will, across our nation where we think that everything's entitled to us without us having to work for it. And yet we want to get, 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 get. I'm here to tell you here today that this verse, again, doesn't say just don't do anything. It says work hard, go after it, Make the best you can out of the life that you, that's been given to you, but don't let that rule your heart. Don't let that rule your heart. Verse 20, it says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So what is this treasure of heaven? What are these things that we're supposed to be storing up? Well, it's the things that man can't see or gauge. Only the Father can see and gauge these kinds of things in our hearts. He's the only one who can, 
who can bring conviction to our hearts, and he's the only one who can bring you out of all these things. So what are these things that we're supposed to be storing up in heaven? Well, the first one, I believe, is faith. Faith. Faith in him. Faith that everything is going to be okay. I like, to, I like to identify and define faith as confidence. Confidence in Christ. Confidence that you don't have to work and worry any longer. What, what's worry going to do for you? But leave you stressed out. Come on, somebody. Right? What's worry going to do for you but leave you stressed out? You don't have to worry about that because if you are in Christ, you are behold a new creation and therefore you can have confidence in him that he is going to take care of you. We all saw the gas prices go up to $3.16. 19, my bad. They went up another. But it doesn't matter. Why? Because I have faith in Christ. I have faith and confidence in him that he is going to be the one to do the miraculous in our lives. So we store up by faith. We store up by loving the, loving the Father with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and also loving others in the same way. Right. Loving others the same way. If you can love the Father yet hate your brother, you don't have the love of the Father in your heart. The Bible says that if you hate someone, if you hate your brother or your sister, I love that Jesus talks to the church about this. If you hate your brother or your sister, you've already committed murder in your heart. The, the treasures and heavens we need to store is loving him so that way the love of God can display out of our lives to other people so we can lead others to him, to his heart, amen? Living in resemblance of Christ, displaying the fruits of the spirit, is another treasure of heaven we can store up. The winning of souls and making disciples. The winning of souls and making disciples. Let me just say this here. That there is not enough time left for us to sit back and relax and let, just let things be. We need to be about the Father's business. And we need to go and win souls and make disciples of all nations. That's what we're about, guys. That's what us believers are about. I know we have our different roles and I know we have our different giftings and I know we have all this, but I believe the reason why Jesus hasn't blown the trumpet and come back because he's waiting for more people to be with him. And the only way that's going to happen is by you and me going and winning and sharing our faith, but not just sharing, but leading people to Christ. Leading people to Christ. We should be doing that out there more than we should be doing that in here, but it should happen everywhere everywhere and making disciples of people. I won't go into all the things that it, that it costs, what it looks like to make disciples, but let me just say this to you, that your life is on display to the world around you. Your life is being highlighted by the people around you. They're looking for something real. And guys, we have something to give them. Amen? Amen? See, if our heart is focused towards heaven, our outward behavior will be like heaven. Amen. If our heart is focused towards heaven, our outward behavior will be heaven-like. Yes. So Jesus calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. So why does he identify himself as the way, the truth, and the life? So let's look at the way. Have you guys ever gone down a, a road before and it, you didn't know that it was a dead end? <laughs> but then you get there, then it was. 
In Bryce Prairie, there's plenty of those. Right? I'll drive down, you know, and oh, man. And then it's kind of like parallel parking. You know, have you ever witnessed somebody parallel parking? I was downtown parallel parking in La Crosse a, a month and a half ago or so. And I promise you there was an audience watching me trying to parallel park. You just kind of keep those things going. When you're in that, when you're in that dead end, you find yourself doing like, like you're doing yoga exercises with your neck, right? You just, you're doing one of those and you're trying to like get around, you know, especially if you got a truck like mine, who's, you know, it just doesn't fit anywhere, Right? And you're, and you're turning this way and you're turning that way. You know, thank God for power steering, right? Without power steering, man, I'd be the buffest dude everywhere, right? And so you're doing one of those and you're doing this and, and you're turning around. You go down this dead end and you go, oh man, I can't go any further. So then you turn around. See, Jesus set up all the other ways as dead ends by making this one statement, that by saying, I am the way. I am the way. Hear me, he is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. There might be other paths, not to heaven, but there's a lot of other paths out there, isn't there? There's a lot of other things out there that people try to go down on themselves and they find themselves at a dead end because they want to achieve this life and they want to achieve this heaven-like atmosphere in their lives by doing their own thing. But they find out real soon that you hit the dead end. That you hit the dead end. There's a lot of other paths, a lot of other roads, but each of them is a dead end. So what are these dead ends towards heaven? What are these dead ends that we're talking about that other people try to maybe do to try to get there? Well, being a good person can be a dead end. Now, am I saying don't be a good person? No. <laughs> right? Again, this is where our faith lies. This is where our hope and our trust is clinging on to. And if you're clinging on by your good works, the Bible has a verse about that. And it says, behold, your righteousness is as filthy rags unto the Lord. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do them. It just means, what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to as your salvation? What are you holding on to for your faith? What are you holding on to? See, if we just simply try to be a good person and not do these things, when we ask the normal person, the average person who doesn't believe in God, they would say things like this. Well, I haven't killed anybody. Come on. Well, I'm not that much of a liar. Of course, Jake. Of course I think of people lustfully. That's normal. I'm a guy. When we ask, see, here's the thing. If you're just living by the things that you don't do, try to get you into heaven, we're going to find ourselves in a place where it's going to fail us and we're going to be left hanging and dry because there's only one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ. Another dead end could be identifying as a Christian but not really having the lifestyle of one. I love the NFL football. I love, I just love football, right? And I can say all day long to you right now that I am an NFL player. You look at me and go, you sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? Why would you say that? Right? Why would you say that? Because I'm not, obviously, I'm number one, I'm not on a team. Number two, I'm not working out, 
for the NFL. Number three, I'm not practicing to be on an NFL team. All of these things matter for the identification of what it means to be an NFL player. But if I'm not doing any of those things, why would I want to call myself somebody who plays? You know, if I had to choose a team, the way that I am right now would be the Packers, so that way they can lose all the time. (laughs) School, let's go. I'm telling you, if we lose today, I'm giving up on my team. No, I'm not. I'm just playing. <laughs> I can never do that. Sorry, I can never do that. So anyway, back to it. <laughs> Rabbit trail. So I can say all day long that I am in the NFL, but if I don't have the outward appearance of doing that, if I, you don't see me practice, if you don't see me, then what does it mean? It's the same thing with Christianity and our lifestyle. Listen, you, people can claim all day long that they're the Christians, but if their lifestyle is not portraying that, then we are left to look at that and go, Really? Are you sure about that? See, but people do this all the time. They want to identify as Christians, but not give up their life. Come on, somebody. They want to to identify as a believer, identify as a Christian. And we see that all the time. When When we look across Hollywood and all these places, we see that all the time, right? We see it all the time, but their lifestyle isn't portraying Christ in them. Now, I'm not saying here, get your behavior right, because I think God's less concerned about your behavior, behavior than he is about your heart. See, because out of your heart, the abundance, of the abundance of the mouth speaks. Out of your heart. So what we need to do is focus in as my heart connected to the King of Kings. That way, my life can display Jesus for my life. It's a dead end in people's lives. I'm a Christian, but yet you can clearly see that they're not. Pastor Jake, you can't judge that. You're right. You're right. I can't judge if someone's going to go to heaven or someone's going to go to hell, but I guarantee that we can judge the fruit of that. How do I say that? Because that's what's written in the word of God. I'm not saying we're going to walk around and judge people. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this. This morning, if you are identifying as a Christ follower and a Christ believer, but yet your behavior is not displaying that, check yourself. Just check yourself. Just say, God, have I truly submitted everything to you? That's all it comes down to. Like I said, it's not about your behavior. It's about what you've given over to him. You cannot hold unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, yet still say here that I'm good with God. It doesn't work that way. And trust me, all of us here have dealt with that in some way, shape, or form. Amen? Amen. Another thing that's dead ends towards heaven, this is a given, but other religions that do not believe in Christ alone as the Savior. It's a dead end. Dead end. You can try, but if you believe in something else rather than Jesus Christ crucified in him alone, we missed it. We missed it. Oh, there's plenty of ways to heaven, Pastor Oprah said. There's plenty of ways to heaven. There's a lot of pathways. You just gotta just, you gotta just have faith. Like even some Pentecostal churches are preaching this now. Even some charismatic churches that you and I will feel great during worship because we feel the spirit, but yet their doctrine is absolutely wrong. 
There's only one way to heaven. There's not multiple ways to heaven. There's only one way. And, that, and the word of God says, I'm going to read here in just a second. The word of God says that that's, that gateway is straight and narrow. That's it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. Let me put it to you in my paraphrase. There's a lot of pathways to maybe get you to where you want to get but they all lead to destruction. And there are many who enter through those pathways. Verse 14, for the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life. And there are few who find it. See, there's only one way to heaven, that's believing in Jesus. There's not multiple ways, one way. And that's committing your all, committing your everything to Jesus Christ. Because here's the beauty of this. When we go through the straight and narrow gate, when we go through the gateway, when we go through the only way on the other side of that is this thing called heaven. Yes. Yeah, it may take really slim to get in, but when on the other side of that, there's nothing but life, goodness, mercy. It all flows from salvation. It all flows from him. It all flows from heaven. And there's only one way to that heaven, and that's through that straight and narrow. Amen. Amen. So Jesus calls himself the way. He also calls himself the truth. How many of you guys believe in today's culture and environment? There's a lot of mistruth out there. A lot of falsehoods, or as, as, as we like to say it, fake news. Right? There's a lot of fake news. And if there's anything we need more in this culture is truth. Truth that is rooted in the eternal God who's all-powerful and unchanging. See, truth is more than just facts. It's not something only that we can just act upon. It literally acts upon us. Truth acts upon us. We can't change the truth, but the truth can change us. Amen? The truth can change us. The Bible puts it like this. You know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. The Bible says in John chapter 17, verse 17, it says it sanctifies us. And that word sanctification, that $5 word, it means to set us apart. Truth sets us apart from the falsehoods that have been woven into our hearts and into our minds. From the from the fake things that have been over time just kind of woven into our hearts. When we know the truth, we can spot the fake. When we know the reality of Christ and when we know the truth of Jesus, we can spot the falsehoods of it. Amen? See, when we believe the truth of Christ in us, it does something to us. It takes the lies, the enemies that he uses against us, that he uses to condemn us, and this truth that he speaks over our lives, that Jesus speaks over our lives, this truth sets us free from that condemnation and from that bondage. See, whenever a lie has been spoken over you, maybe a lie that has been spoken over you without you even knowing it, but is displayed from your heart without you even thinking about it, maybe one of those lies is you're always going to be this way, so don't bother changing you're always going to be the way that you are. So don't bother giving that part up of your life to Jesus. You'll always be depressed. You'll always be angry. You'll always be the alcoholic. 
You'll always be that person who is addicted. You'll always be that person. So don't bother giving that part of your life because you can do it and you're going to fail again. That's the other lie that the enemy loves to speak to us is that we're failures, that we can never amount to anything. Come on, somebody. Some of us have identified with some of those lies of our lives without us even knowing it, that we failed, that we can't do it. So why even try? So then we find ourselves giving in to the temptation that the enemy throws our way because we identify with the temptation more than we identify with the Christ who's spoken over us. That's a good word. I can't believe, here's another lie. I can't believe that you let them violate you the way that they did. Another lie. You have to do it yourself. You can't trust God. You have to do it yourself. See, we have to understand that those lies bring condemnation to our hearts. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 15, you can look it up for yourself if you're taking notes. God has written his truth on human hearts. Amen? God has written his truth on human hearts. Shame, lies, wrong thinking about yourself all come from a recognition that truth has been violated. When we know the truth, we'll know the violation of truth. When we know that he set us free and when the enemy comes and lies to you and says, you're never going to amount to this, you might as well just give up, you might as well just do this. When that happens, we recognize the lie because we recognize the truth spoken over us. And I just think God needs to drop some truth bombs over our hearts. See, truth is far more than a moral guide. Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say he would show the truth or teach the truth or even just model the truth. He is the truth. He's the truth personified. He is the source of all truth, the embodiment of truth, and therefore the reference point for evaluating all truth claims. See, in these days, in these times that we're living in, the Bible clearly says that in the last days there will arise false prophets and false teachers. How are we going to distinguish between the truth and between those things? Well, we got to know the truth, and the truth is Jesus. We have to keep focusing and keep our heart on him. The last one is this, the life. See, the Hebrew word for life here is zoe. Someone say zoe. Zoe, which means the state of one who is possessed of vitality. I love that. Who is possessed of, not by, but of vitality. So what's Jesus saying here? He says, I am the life. He's the way, the truth, and the zoe. I'm the life. There's nothing or no one out there who can cause you to be full of something worth living for or dying for other than Jesus Christ himself. See, a lot of us here might say, I'll die for Christ when that time comes. I want to encourage you to live for him in the same way right now before it's here. I want to encourage you today that if we can live for Christ now with all of the offenses that we may incur, with all the things that may take place, with all the stuff that might happen, if we can live for Christ now, we'll have no problem dying for him later. Amen? 
but it has to be now. And how do you do that? By recognizing the life inside of you, by Christ in you. See this also, like I said, the possession, that word possession means that you are bought, you are bound. See, I, myself, am bound to display the life of Christ everywhere I go because I'm full of Jesus. I want people to say of me that I'm full of Jesus more than I'm full of anything else. I want to be so, I want people to know that when they look at me, that they literally can see Jesus in me. That they can see Jesus in me. How do we do that? Well, everywhere we go, we're life carriers. Everywhere we go, we're, we're life givers. Everywhere we attend, every place that we set our foot, we carry the life of Jesus and the life of heaven with us everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. And God right now wants to set us free from the depressed and the bondage that has been put on our hearts so we can experience the life that he's given us. Let's experience the life that he's given us. I'm not talking about going and buying yachts and mansions and all that kind of stuff. That stuff we already established is going to burn away. But I'm talking about the stuff that matters. The stuff that matters. This also means, this word Zoe, death, life, it means that the promise to us is life after death. It's life after death. Now, I know what I'm going to say here this morning is not your normal PC language. I get it. I understand that. But, you know, when have I ever been PC, right? There's a heaven. And if you have your faith in Jesus Christ and you put all that you are to him and you've given your life to him, you're going to spend forever in heaven. Who would agree with that? Good. I'm glad. I'm happy. Altar call is going to be easy today. But there's also a hell. And that if you don't give your life to Jesus Christ, there's only one place to spend eternity. You can either spend life in heaven or death in hell. There's no in-betweens. Come on, somebody. I know that that's hard. I know that that's black and white. But let's just, let's just face it, guys. We can't be playing around anymore. Jesus Christ is here to save you. And I'm not trying to scare you or bring fear into you. I'd rather talk about a good Jesus that can lead you. It's his kindness that leads to repentance. That's what the Bible says. But I would, be, I would be wrong as your pastor for not to tell you that there's also another place. Well, why would anybody send anybody to hell. He doesn't. He provides a big cross for you to step across. It's called the cross of Jesus, the salvation. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants everyone to go to heaven, but really the choice is yours. The choice is yours and it all matters. He calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only one who can give you true Zoe life after death. That's it. See, all these things, as I close, all these things are not just about Jesus. They're not just about him. They are him. There's a difference. 
They're not just a, a good definition about him. No, they are him. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. All of those things are wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. Like a good Chipotle burrito. <laughs> All the goodness on the inside, right? I want to use that illustration because that's some good stuff, right? All the stuff on the inside is all wrapped up in one, the person of Jesus Christ. There's no one outside. There's no one on the outside. There's nothing that you can do. You can try to go down the pathway. You can try to go down that pathway. Trust me, you might get a little far. You might get down to the road, but make no mistake about it. At the end of that road, it may look promising, but it's a dead end. You can try, but you'll never find the way, the truth, and especially the life outside of Jesus Christ. Never, never. Everything is always and will always be about Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for today. I honor you. I love you today. You are good. You're always good. Come on, can we just tell him that for the next 20 seconds? Let's just tell him he's good. Come on, you're good, Father. You're good. It's your kindness that leads to repentance, Jesus. You are a kind God. You are a loving God. Jesus, you are a loving Jesus. God, we thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for who you are, Father. We honor you and we bless you, Jesus. You're so good. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna ask this question once. Today, if you want to know Jesus personally. Maybe you've been to service here multiple times, but you've never really given your life to him. You've heard good messages that have inspired you, but it's never led you to that place where you say, today, Jesus, I give you my life. If that's you, can you just raise your hand and say, I wanna start my new journey with him. Good, there's one up here. Anybody else? Says, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me, man. Anybody else? Says, that's me, Pastor. I'm not asking you if you go to church anywhere. God loves it when you come and are with him at church, but that's not a prerequisite for heaven. Only your belief in Jesus. Anybody else say, that's me, Pastor, pray for me, man. Good. Thank you, one. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come forward. And if you raise your hand today, if you felt like raising your hand, you just quite didn't do it because you're a little nervous, find somebody up here. The ministry team's gonna come forward and we just wanna pray with you. We just wanna pray with you. All right, we just wanna pray with you. So I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna release you guys and be dismissed, but don't leave today without. If you haven't given your life to Jesus or if maybe you've fallen away from Christ, maybe your life really is, hasn't been portraying who, who Christ is and you need to make it right, make it right. Make it right today, all right? He loves you. So Father, I thank you for today. I honor you, I love you. Jesus, this is for you. God, I pray for anybody here, God, who needs you in their life. God, I pray today we knock down all barriers and walls. God, we would just simply come to you, Father, and give our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Amen, thank you, guys. Bless you.